Welcome to the Mindful Mondays podcast, weekly reflections and meditations to start your week right. With your host, author, meditator and founder of Mind, Body and Spirit Entrepreneur, Rachel Thompson. Good morning, meditators, and welcome to the Mindful Mondays podcast. If this is your first time here, a very warm welcome. My name is Rachel. What you can expect from this podcast is two new episodes every week. This episode is our reflection episode, and during our reflection episodes, I give you something to ponder and some action steps to really set intentions and goals for your week. And there's also a guided meditation that often goes along with what we talk about during our reflection episodes that you have to listen to as many times as you would like. I want you to think now, what is keeping you stuck? Because we're going to talk about how to get past our biggest barriers so that we can reach our highest potential. And I want to start with a quote That might not make a whole lot of sense now, but it will in just a moment. And this quote comes from a very good friend of mine and the founder of Fearless Vixens, Prashel Carter. And she said, the name of my beast is comfort. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you will know that we've talked a lot on this show about overcoming mental blocks, creating new healthier habits and behaviors, and really just becoming more of our authentic selves. And in this process, I'm sure that many of us have started to uncover things that hold us back in life, habits that are not so productive, and perhaps have even started to uncover some of the emotional reasons behind these manifestations of habits or behavior patterns that don't serve us. So I was really compelled to share with you today a little bit more about this topic of things that keep us stuck and stagnant and in our comfort zones even when those comfort zones are not serving our highest and best good. And as always, this topic has been inspired by things in my own personal life, as well as stories and experiences of people that I've come across and people in my life, which I think is pretty amazing how that happens, although it makes planning ahead for this podcast a little more difficult because I always get the inspiration the week of. However, I will talk about one of my blocks in a little bit, so I am curious if maybe once I release this block, if I'll start to get the inspiration, hopefully like a couple weeks ahead so I can start planning a little better for this podcast. But either way, I know when the universe brings me these things, I am meant to share them with you, so I hope that you find benefit and I hope that whoever needs to hear this message is listening right now. Now, I want to begin by sharing a little bit more about that personal block that I just mentioned. This is the block I'm working through that the universe has recently given me some more insight on. This is a block that I've been working on for a while, that I continue to work on, that I will continue to work on until I've completely eliminated it. And I share that I've been working on it for a while. And when working on it, I'm using all of this stuff that I tell you about, yet I'm still struggling with it. And I wanted to share that with you to let you know that a lot of this isn't a simple fix. You know, I give you strategies and tips and tricks, and of course I apply these in my own life. But a lot of our ingrained and deep-seated patterns cannot be overcome in a week. You know, it's a process. And a process that I am sometimes happily and sometimes reluctantly working through myself. 
So I share the experience to help you all who I know are going through similar things because I don't want anybody to become defeated if you've worked on something for a week and you're not where you want to be yet. It will happen. We're in this together. Okay, so what is my block? Now, for those of you who have listened to the podcast before, you might know, and some of you might remember me talking about my procrastination problem. I put things off that I don't like to deal with. And how I do this is I make legitimate excuses in my head. I mean, I am very compelling. I can always find something that, that I need to do that is just as important as the things I don't want to do. So the problem is, is the things that I don't want to do also need done, but I just push them off and push them off to the point where it causes me unnecessary stress. And that's why it's a real block for me. So I recently had a talk with my fiance, who is just exceptional at doing things when they need done and really staying on top of all of his chores. Yes, I still view these things as chores, even though I'm in my 30s. So he just stays on top of them. He always is getting what he needs to get done, done when it needs to be done. And I'm like, oh, wow, how do you do that? And so I asked him about it because I want his insight. I want to know how he thinks about these situations, how it just appears to be so easy for him while I struggle with it. And his response to me is that he never really wants to do these things. He doesn't like doing laundry and paying bills and all this kind of stuff that he makes sure that he does in advance and stays on top of. It's not fun, but he knows that if he does it, he doesn't have to worry about it later. And so that makes his life less stressful. Okay. Yeah. Good point. I see where you're going here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now he also pointed out as the people in our life do for us when we need it, he pointed out something in myself that is probably my biggest block and the reason for my procrastination. And he told me, Rachel, you don't like doing things that you don't want to do. And so often you just don't do them. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that was a little hard to hear, but uh, it's true. It's true. You know, I really like to wait until I find inspiration to do things. And it works sometimes because whenever I'm feeling that inspiration, I just can pull stuff out of nowhere. And I'm like, oh my gosh, did I just write that? Or did I just come up with that? Like, where did that come from? So that's great. But I also want that for everything in my life. So I don't know if you've ever just been really inspired to clean your house or declutter something and you do it and you feel so good after. Well, I get those inspirations too. However, like I said, I wait for them with everything. And the problem is I'm never going to feel inspired to do my laundry. I'm just not. And this leads me to waiting until I have absolutely no clothes left before I do laundry. Because if you haven't picked up on it now, I really hate laundry. I'd rather do pretty much anything else besides laundry. This also leads me to putting off my taxes because I don't want to do my taxes like I talked about last episode or the episode before. My accountant reaches out like, hey, are we going to do your taxes this year? And in fact, this very morning, I have a lot of little detailed things that I need to do to wrap up this course that I'm going to be launching very soon. So I'll keep you posted on that. I'm really excited about this course, but the detailed final pieces don't really excite me so much. It's the creation part that I love and knowing that I'm going to be able to help you guys. But the little tiny details, meh, no, not my thing. 
So, you know, I wrote down a to-do list. I have this big whiteboard calendar that I color-coded everything that I need to do. I time-blocked. Like, I used everything that they teach you to do when it comes to organizing your day and being productive. But, you know, this morning, one thing led to another, which led to another, which led to another. And none of those things led to me doing what I actually had planned to do. So now I'm behind. And what I realized is that I ended up doing things that, yes, they needed done, but they did not need to be done right now. These were activities that were just a lot more fun for me to do. And I used them as a form of procrastination. As my fiance would say, I don't want to do things that I don't like to do. So I just don't. And I just didn't. So even though I have lists and I've researched how to become more organized and how not to procrastinate and how to get things done, yet I have everything sitting right in front of me and I still find ways to get off track. So the moral of this little story is, yes, we work with our mindset and habits and we can learn things that will help us along the way. And we try to discover this underlying mental and emotional blockage or any blocks that are holding us back from something we really want. But sometimes, during this path, what we really need is a little push of willpower to put energy into something we don't want to do and to know that we're never really going to want to do it, but it is for our best interest. Now, I know many of you might be on top of things and hear me talking like, oh, geez, you sound like a mess. I could never live that way. Like, I had to have everything organized and planned out. And I understand a lot of you are like that. I wish I could be more like that. The fellow procrastinators out there, you know what I'm dealing with. But it doesn't matter. This is just an example because I'm sure there are things in everybody's life that we don't want to do. We don't want to deal with. So we just don't. Now, this can be maybe getting into better eating habits or workout routines or finding time for daily meditation or doing what you need to do to find that filling career path. The fact is we're all struggling with something. And although our struggles may be different, I think most of us can really think of, oh, that's that one thing that if I could just get a handle on that would make such a difference. And this brings me to the second source of inspiration for this episode. And it comes from a very good friend of mine, the woman who I quoted at the beginning of the episode. She's a fellow inspirational entrepreneur. She is the founder of Fearless Vixens, which is just such a fun organization. She is someone who I really look up to, and I'm so grateful that she is my life. You know, her goal as a person and then through her business is to help women reinvent themselves. And she herself has reinvented herself time and time again. Well, she came out with a blog post and it was just so open and so raw and talked about what she has been struggling with this whole time. She's always put on a brave and lighthearted front while really dealing with some underlying stuff and perhaps not dealing with some of the underlying stuff until recently. So I want to read an excerpt from her article, and I do plan to have her on the show as I hope to bring on some more guests, at least maybe like a once a month basis to share their insights with you guys. Well, that's in the works and I will keep you posted on that. But I want to read this quote from her blog because I think a lot of us can really relate to it. 
You see, I've lived a very charmed life. I've had a great upbringing. My parents have been together for 150 years. I've got a loving family and a great relationship and my bills are paid. Life has been easy for me. I don't remember a time that I was truly struggling or had to go through any hardships or real pain as compared to some people who have had it tough and have been through the perils and trials of life. But that's all I really wanted you to know. That's the mask I had worn to shield myself. And she continues a little later saying, So here are my issues. Here is what was in the dark. I once enlisted the services of a psychic who told me that at one point of my childhood, I told myself I was invisible. That resonated with me on so many levels. Even as an adult, I never really wanted to be seen. I'd hide. I hid behind my clothing, which never showed my shape. I hid behind my accomplishments. I hid behind my outer shell. I shield away from opportunities that I knew were for me. I never wanted to share my gifts or who I really was. I barely wanted to look in the mirror because I didn't want to see the person that was looking back at me. Real talk. And most of my adult life, I felt like an imposter, a fraud, a fake. The truth is I never felt comfortable in my own skin. I've always felt like there was always something wrong with me, like I wasn't enough. And she shares a bit about some pivotal childhood experiences that likely led or at least contributed to her developing this perception of herself. And then she goes to talk about how this underlying perception manifested itself in her life and in particular in her weight. You see, the weight has become my comfort zone. I gain weight. I don't need to leave the house. I gain weight. I don't have to see anyone. I don't have to make friends. I don't have to have a successful business. I don't have to take fearless vixen seriously. I don't have to have fun. I don't have to be seen. I don't have to be vulnerable. I don't have to be open. I can hide. And hiding is so comfortable for me. And I have means. I work from home. I make a good living. I can eat whatever, whenever I want. And even though I consider myself a conscious eater, that leaves me open to indulging in really good wholesome food. It's just too much. I'm too much, and I'm tired of my own shit. I love myself and I'm ready to change. I love myself more than the food. I love myself more than life itself. How do I show it? I show it by showing up for myself. It is the same love that carries me. It is the same love that wants to be helpful. How can you help anyone if you can't help yourself? And she continues a little later. How am I starting? With recognizing that I have work to do. In order to slay the beast, I have to name the beast. The name of my beast is comfort. Not in the sense that I'm sitting here on a comfy couch as I type this and should be typing this from a bed of nails. That's not the type of comfort that I am talking about here. The type of comfort that I am referring to is the type of comfort that causes us to do the same thing in the same way, day by day. Because we don't want to look in the mirror, the mirror that I mentioned earlier. We don't want to see ourselves for who we truly are. I'm going to link to this blog below. I encourage everybody to read it. It's so powerful. It's so inspirational. And thank you so much, Rochelle, for opening yourself up because I know it's going to benefit so many people. Her message is really powerful. 
And I feel like the large majority are dealing with this on some level. Yet it is hard to look in the mirror and admit it to ourselves and especially hard to admit it to other people. I talk a lot on this podcast about being mindful and present and not ruminating about the past or not fearing the future. And when frustrating things happen, you know, trying to find the good, trying to stay in a good place, coming from a place of balance and peace and trying to find love within ourselves and others and trying to find the joy and be the joy. But here is the thing. Life is messy. It's not all butterflies and roses and rainbows. And sometimes, even when we're on this spiritual path or this self-development path, we get angry. We get sad. We just don't feel good. And before we found this path that we're on and we have these tools to really work on ourselves in situations that are hard, we had a lot of periods of experiencing anger and frustration and sadness And we didn't understand why these things happened to us. And we didn't really know how to deal with them. So after reading her article and experiencing some things that have came up for me recently, I realized that not only do I procrastinate doing things because I don't want to do them, I procrastinate feeling emotions that I don't want to feel. So I can procrastinate activities and just push them off, and then they cause me a whole bunch of stress whenever I had to actually do them. Emotions is completely different. I don't push those off. You can't push those off. I push them down. And what happens is they manifest, and they cause me stress, and I don't even know where the stress is coming from. At least when I procrastinate on outside things, I can be like, oh, well, I put this off, and now it's late, and this is what's causing me stress. A lot of times when you push these feelings deep down, They come up and you don't even know where it's coming from because it can be from 20 years ago. So I know that I have a whole bunch of emotions that have been pushed down. And yes, I've been working through them. And I know that there are plenty more that I'm going to have to consciously work through. I'm getting to a place now of really clearing out the junk because I have these tools. I know safe techniques to process these emotions that I push down. But this is after going through counseling, like seeing various counselors throughout my life, going through a master's degree in counseling, being a counselor, years of meditation and spiritual development, just applying all these mindset techniques that I share with you. So it's not always easy, but I can honestly say from my heart that I am at a place where I'm starting to feel that freedom. I am becoming more and more free. And I want the same freedom for all of you. So I want to share my story, like Rochelle shared hers, of what I think is one of the biggest causes of some blocks in my life for me suppressing these emotions I didn't want to deal with and how it manifested for me. So probably one of the biggest suppressed blocks that I have comes from the emotions that I experienced after my dad's death. And he passed away when I was 20, very unexpectedly. And this is whenever I was in college I was very, very close to him, and it was extremely hard on me. And I dealt with some of it at the time, but I just really did not want to deal with most of it. I did not know how to handle those emotions. I didn't think I was strong enough. I did not feel strong enough to handle all of the emotions that came with that. Like I said, I was in college. I told myself I didn't have time to feel this pain. The world doesn't stop because something like that happens. So I took maybe a week off classes, 
maybe two. I don't really think it was that much, though. And I went back that quarter of school, and I got straight A's. And yes, it was hard for me at times. It's not that I never felt sadness or never allowed myself to feel sadness. I didn't suppress everything that much. You know, the first couple holidays were really hard, and you know, I knew I wasn't feeling good, but I still never allowed myself to fully experience all of that sadness and pain. I did not want to feel those emotions because I like to avoid things that don't feel good, and those feel really, really bad. So let's fast forward a couple years, and I'm in graduate school, and the graduate school was a very challenging experience for me. Not scholastically, as many would think, the scholastic part I got, that was easy. It was the emotional part, because I went to graduate school for clinical mental health counseling, and through that process of graduate school, we worked on a lot of our own stuff. You want somebody who's pretty self-aware to be your counselor, so we had to work on our own stuff as counselors before we can effectively counsel you. So we practiced individual counseling with one another, and we even did group counseling sessions with one another, and we brought up all of these raw, tough emotions to the surface so we could deal with them. And during that time, I wasn't ready. And I developed a terrible anxiety. So I graduated with my master's, but I did not want to do counseling. I just felt so anxious and unsettled from the entire two-year graduate school experience, and it made me feel lost. And this anxiety I developed during my grad school has stayed with me ever since. So for a long time, I attributed this anxiety to graduate school putting so much pressure on me for it not being a right fit and me having some situations I had to deal with that were very anxiety provoking. And I just thought that stuck with me. And that's what I tell people. Like, I have this anxiety. It started in grad school and it just stayed with me. Like, oh, it's so frustrating. But now I know that wasn't the case. It wasn't grad school. This anxiety was a manifestation of the feelings I tried so hard to avoid dealing with. Even when I tried to get counseling for it, I would go to the counselor to try and help my anxiety, but I didn't want to go there. I didn't want to deal with my dad's death and process a lot of these hard emotions. And, you know, I think it was more than just this one incident. I think it was a lifetime of having these emotions that I either didn't want to deal with because they were hurtful and painful, or probably a lot of times I didn't know how to deal with whenever I was younger. So I pushed them down, I pushed them down, I pushed them down, and then they manifested. They manifested through my anxiety, like I said, as well as moodiness and anger and just like waking up in a bad mood and experiencing really bad moods and not knowing where they came from. So then, of course, blaming other people or blaming situations for making me feel bad, which took a toll on aspects of relationships and other aspects of my life, which looking back on all of it now, it's so much easier just to process these not so good emotions, process these things that we don't want to deal with. And so what I've been doing recently through meditation and in my daily life and also energy work, specifically Reiki, which for anybody who doesn't know what Reiki is, it's just a Japanese energy work. What I've been doing is bringing up my own deep-seated emotions so that I can work through them. And I'm actually going through a pretty extensive master's training in Reiki, and we're working on self-healing before we go through the actual master level Reiki techniques. And something that we did very recently in the self-healing program is allow ourselves to bring up these emotions that we have built up and feel them. 
And whenever you allow yourself to feel them over time, the process allows you to release them because you're not trying to cram them down anymore. You're not resisting them. You know, it's really the resistance of any emotion that causes it to become unhealthy and detrimental and causes it to manifest because you can push it down, but it's not going to stay there. It doesn't go away. By avoiding it, we're not eliminating it. And it's going to come up in one way or another. So the emotions themselves, like the sadness and the hurt and the anger and feelings of like shame and guilt, those emotions are not what is unhealthy. It is what we do when we experience those emotions that can cause us problems. You know, when I was getting my master's in counseling, it's interesting because we're really trying to do the same. You know, help us deal with things within ourselves so that we can be the best counselors that we can. But at that time, I was not ready for it. And I resisted it. Now, doing this training, I'm ready. And I'm finally freeing myself and it feels so wonderful. So knowing what it feels like to go through a process that tries to bring up emotions and me resist the whole time, that felt so terrible. Going through this process now and allowing myself to feel them feels so much better. So we all don't need energy work to be able to work through these emotions, although it can be very helpful. You know, we can do this through talking and counseling. We can do it through allowing ourselves to experience unhappy feelings as they arise. So have you ever had a memory come up and maybe it's not a great memory and your immediate reaction is to push it deep down. Like, I don't want to think about that. Why are you coming up for me right now? It's really frustrating when this happened. I understand what it's like. And I am not saying that whenever these memories come up to ruminate on these emotions. However, what I'm starting to do myself and what you may find helpful, if you are in a place where you can do this, if you're in a state where you are mentally and emotionally ready to do this is whenever you have these memories that elicit an emotion, not to focus cognitively, not to think about the event and ruminate about it and place additional thoughts onto it, but instead just focus on the emotion. I'll give an example for myself. If I have an event that causes guilt, I'm not going to think about the thought, but I'm going to notice where I feel that guilt in my body. How does it feel? And sometimes they label it like, what is this? What what do I feel right now? Is it guilt? Is it shame? Is it anger? Is it sadness? You know, and whenever you start allowing yourself to focus on the feeling, to mindfully focus on the bodily sensations of the feeling and not allow yourself to try to analyze what the feeling means or place additional thoughts on the feeling, but just focusing 100% on the feeling itself, it helps it dissipate. And I do want to note that whenever I go through this process of actually allowing myself to feel emotions, I always have the intention to let go of what no longer serves me. And what I have found is as I'm going through this process, I notice that the hard emotions that come up become easier to deal with. So it's not that you will allow yourself to experience an emotion and have the intention to release it and it will automatically release. But for me and my personal experience, It has begun to dissipate and it's lessened over time. And I've even heard this before being used for alleviating some anxiety. And this is not a professional recommendation or treatment of any kind, but this is a method that I heard of and I've used it in myself. 
whenever you have anxiety about something, so if I'm feeling anxious about something, I notice where the anxiety manifests in my body. And the important piece here, like I just mentioned, don't place thoughts onto it. What my go-to was, was I would have a feeling of anxiety and then I would immediately start thinking of things I should be anxious about. And it would continue and then the anxiety would get worse and it just spirals out of control really. So if I feel anxiety, not thinking about it at all, but just feeling it in my body. And I know for me personally, it starts in my diaphragm, like in my stomach. A lot of times it moves up to like my chest and then my throat. And so I just kind of like follow it and become curious about it and very mindful. And any thoughts that come up, I let them float out. Pretty much everything that we talked about in the mindfulness challenge. So if you haven't checked that out, it happened in the beginning of January. You can go through that. But I just mindfully observe And when I'm paying attention to this, then it really helps the anxiety get so much better. It might not completely get rid of it, but it prevents it from getting worse. So something that you might want to try, again, use your own discretion, is as emotions come up for you, be mindful of them and just notice what they feel like and allow yourself to have those feelings. Now, the key here, like I mentioned a hundred times, is not to try to rationalize them, not to try to justify them, not to try to think about them in any way, and not to try to avoid them or push them down. Because like I said, whenever you try to push them down, you really risk the chance of pushing them deep within you and having them manifest in another way. So just feel them. And if you want to label it as anger or sadness, you can do so. Or you can just feel it without the label and see what that's like. And by doing this, it really helps take the power away from the emotion. We don't feel angry and either justify all the reasons that we feel angry and all the reasons we should feel angry, or we don't feel angry and then push it down and say, I'm not angry. I'm good. I'm fine. Then have it just linger somewhere within us. No, we experience, we're saying, okay, this is a feeling of anger and this is where I feel it. And then just observe. And once we're able to just observe our emotions, when things become hard for us and we do have negative emotions that come up, because like I said, life is messy. We can try to really come from a place in love and joy as often as we can, but things come up that cause us pain. So if we can learn how to deal with that pain, know what we need to do without trying to push it away and avoid dealing with it, it's going to help us in the long run. It's going to help bring us clarity. It's going to help us really process what we need to process so that we can move on to the next steps in our life. So this is pretty similar to a gestalt therapy technique that some therapists use where they encourage their clients to be in the situation rather than just talk about it. So rather than talking about or talking through childhood trauma, they take you through being like a hurt child. So if you do have trauma that you've not yet worked through, I strongly suggest working with a professional who can safely guide you through this process in whatever way works for you. This might not work for you, and that's fine. There are many different techniques out there, many different schools of thought out there, because we're all very different. But I want to go back now to what we started this episode talking about, and I want you to begin to think about what's holding you back, what's keeping you stuck. Is it fear? Is it procrastination? Do you want to be invisible? Are you trying to hide behind something? Is it the refusal to get out of your comfort zone? And if you don't want to get out of your comfort zone, what is the underlying feeling that keeps 
you there. I challenge every single person this week to do something that makes you a little uncomfortable. And as you're doing it, just experience what that discomfort's like. But don't label it. Don't attach anything to it. Just notice. Just breathe through it. Now, I'm not talking about something that makes you physically uncomfortable or putting yourself in any sort of emotional trauma. You know, what I'm talking about is just doing something that is a little out of your norm, but something that you know will progress you in your life, something you know that you need to do, what you should do. And you know, whenever I reached out to Brichelle about her blog, she recommended to me to share what I've been avoiding. And that's what I did with you guys today. So I appreciate all of you who are listening. I shared some things that I've been dealing with that weren't necessarily easy to share. And you can do this yourself. And this could mean sharing it with a friend, sharing it with a partner or a counselor. It can mean just writing it in a journal for yourself, for your eyes only, just getting it out. It can mean making a video and just talking about it. Again, you can share it or just It's just for you. I don't want you to feel pressure to share this stuff with anybody. You're just sharing to get it out of you. And it's going to help you uncover and become aware of your blocks. Like what is really beneath everything? We know how it's manifesting in your life, but really what's underneath there? And this process could make it a lot easier for you to push yourself a little bit out of your comfort zone like I encourage you to do. Okay, and that's all I have for you. The meditation this week is a very simple, deep breathing meditation. As we learn to uncover these blocks and go within, our breath becomes our safety. It becomes our constant. So this is a simple meditation, but it is a meditation that will give you techniques that can benefit you all throughout your days. It's also such a good meditation just to relax. Like I love doing it. I love going through this meditation. Check that out and good luck with everything. I will link to Prashel's blog below if you want to check it out. And I'll keep you updated on my course. It is so close to being done. I'm so excited. All right, I'll talk with you next week. Namaste. Thank you for listening to Mindful Mondays with Rachel, a mind, body, and spirit entrepreneur production. If you enjoyed today's episode, head over to www.mymbse.com for more free resources and trainings. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and give us a review. And join us next week for a brand new meditation and reflection.